Does anybody know what today is? Today is Heart and Soul Sunday. Everybody say Heart and Soul. Oh, you sound good. Say it again. Say Heart and Soul. Man, Heart and Soul Sunday. And so there's a couple of times a year we put the pause button on the series uh, that we're doing. And really we just talk about the heart and soul of this church. Really what we're all about and, and, and really just allowing God's vision to saturate our life and our heart. And so excited about it. We just know that it's important to have vision. How many know you got to have vision? In fact, let me ask you again. How many know you got to have vision? <laughs> you got to look quiet. They, uh, Proverbs chapter 29, 18 talks about it. You know, so many times in our life, what we can do is we just bounce from one thing to the next. But really, as an individual, as a church, as a business owner, you got to have vision. Vision is what propels us forward. Vision is what gives us life. And, and really, the Bible says if people can't see what God's doing, they begin to stumble all over. Well, what do you mean to see? That means vision. Why, why are they stumbling? It's because they're walking around like it's darkness. Like, I don't really know where to go. I think we're going somewhere. Don't know where it's at, but we'll know when we get there. How many know we, we ain't going to know when we get there? We're going to know before we go that, God, we got a plan. And, and then I love what it says. It says, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So God gives us vision. And so individually and as a church and as a business, God is the author of vision. And so those couple of Sundays a year, we just say, God, here's your vision. Download it to us. Why? Because then we're going to attend to what it is that you reveal. That when you give us vision, how many know we got to put some feet to the vision? you got to begin to take some steps, and, and so that's really what today is all about. And we're going to share a little bit about where we're going. We're going to talk a little bit about what God has done, and then I've got a little bit at the very end that I'm going to really, I, I have been just so excited about today that God would not just get a message of information to you, but, but really that he would transform us. And, and my prayer is this, that it wouldn't just be head knowledge, but heart knowledge, See, see, you can say, well, that's the church's vision, that's pastor's vision, that's the captain's and the coach's and the leadership's vision, but really what I need you to say is this is our vision. Everybody say our vision. This is our vision. Why? Because God brought you to this house to be a part of a body. And so we say, God, man, I grab a hold of the vision, and I, I'm going to grab a hold of it tightly, and I'm going to do whatever you say to do. Why? Because I want to be a part of something that is making a difference. I want to get to the end of my life. I don't know about you, but I want to get to the end of my life having spent every ounce of energy, every last resource to advance the kingdom of God. Saying, God, I'm, I've finished the race. I've, I've, I've finished my course. And I, I, I don't know about you, and I believe we've got a church full of people that say, God, I want to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's what the vision does. It's like, okay, God, i got a place where we're going, and, and we're going to get there. And so, really, that's what today is all about. Now, let me tell you a little bit about where we're going over the next couple of months. And so, we've got next weekend is February 5th. We're going to do football Sunday. Hey, don't fight the Super Bowl. Come on. That's a good amen. That's a great place to amen, pastor. Like we ain't going to fight the Super Bowl. We're just going to join with Football Sunday. And so we're going to have interviews through some NFL players and some people that are actually playing in the, uh, the, the big game itself. And so we're just going to have fun. I encourage you, bring your jerseys. Come on. Who, who's, who's rooting for the Patriots? <laughs> who's rooting for the Falcons? What? All right, I know which jersey I'm wearing. <laughs> So, so this is what, 
wear whatever jersey you want to wear. This is going to be a judgment-free zone. We're going to love you regardless. And just wear your jersey and bring your friends. And people say, well, Super Bowl. Yeah, man, our pastor, we celebrate. We're going to do a football Sunday. Make it a big time for people to come and experience what church is all about. This is what I know. Listen, football is the excuse. What's the goal? We're going to connect your friends, your family, our neighbors to the heart of God. We're going to have them know God because by the end, they're going to have an invitation to come face to face with the living God. So I just encourage you to do whatever it takes to get them here and say, yeah, we celebrate it. Come on and, and wear your jersey. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have a party. And two weeks from now, we're going to start a new relationship series. And uh, we're going to do it throughout the month of February. Excited about it. We're going to tackle some issues that I believe as the church we ought to be on the forefront of. We're going to talk about love, sex, and dating, and marriage, and all the great topics that we need to address here in the church. And I just encourage you, again, to invite your friends and your family, coworker and neighbor to come out and join us. It's going to be a great, great time. And then March 5th, I want to let you know about this. March 5th is our four-year anniversary celebration. <laughs> Think about it, four years. Look at what God has done in four years. Come on. So we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a party. It's going to be amazing. I've already got the word for this year. I've been talking to our staff and our, our leadership, and I really believe with all of my heart that this word is going to catapult you in your life. And I want to invite you to bring your friends and family just to celebrate what God has done. We'll do our two services, 930 and 1130, but it'll be a great, great time as we just continue to propel into 2017. And, you know, I've got a lot of people asking me about the building. We just bought a property this year. It's our first campus. Come on, somebody. We closed in February. Pumped. It's awesome. Uh, we bought it, and we've started construction. So I thought I'd show you some of the pictures of what we've done. That was before. This is our offices. we got 2,000 square feet of offices that, that we've renovated. Look how nice and just excited to have a permanent place. About two years ago, my office was in my house. That's the life of a church planner. Come on. It's like you got to start somewhere. I'd have meetings in my house. No, no, let's go to Starbucks. Let's go to Panera Bread because their cushions are way nicer than Starbucks. <laughs> and uh, then God blessed us with this campus. And so you can see, hold that, we actually got rid of the pink brick. And so we got rid of the windows. The auditorium is going to be about a 250-seat auditorium. And so we are super excited about that. And I just want to say thank you to our legacy team members. We had a legacy team member say, hey, man, I'm going to step up. And he covered all the labor and all the materials. Come on, give it up for our legacy team. Just covered all the cost to, to transform the outside. And look at how much different that looks. We're still putting some cement board. We got a little bit more on the outside. We got some stone we're going to put up. And someone would ask, well, what is the legacy team? That's, that's people that, that have the gift of giving. They've self-identified and said, Pastor, I, I, I have the gift of giving, just like you'd have the gift of hospitality, just like you'd have the gift of helps. It's a spiritual gift. And it's where you say, I'm going to give above my tithes. I'm going to stretch. And, and that's what I am called to do in the body of Christ. And so really the legacy team has been the team that has helped us advance here at the church in such a rapid way. We know this, that we're going to be slow and solid, and we're going to go at the pace of our people. So, so that means we're going to be healthy, 
at your engagement and involvement, how you get involved serving, how you get involved in giving. That's the pace that's going to determine how fast we continue to move forward. And the legacy team is a huge part of helping to advance us financially as we have big projects that we go and take dominion over. And so our next legacy team member gathering is February 18th. And so if you're interested in that, contact the office, contact the hub, and we'd love to have you as part of it. And just so delighted to see what God is doing. You know, I, I know even with this property, you can see, so go back to the very beginning of that, Carrie. This is the vision. Everybody say vision. So that's the vision of the campus. I mean, that looks, come on, somebody. I mean, it's like, woo. So, so that's the vision of the campus. Where we're at right now, uh, everything we've done, we've paid for, but we need $375,000 uh, to finish this project. If we're going to pay cash, which we'd love to pay cash and finish this project, uh, that's what it takes. And some of you, that's a big number. Some of you, that's not a big number. And, and, and I've seen God do it in so many different ways that, you know, you don't have to try to manipulate or make it happen and here at the church, we just believe that God speaks to his people and his people obey. And sometimes you could have one person write a check for 375000 and it's like a tip. That ain't no big deal. To, I mean, they, they got money. It's no big deal. We've seen God do that. People write big checks. And then there's other times where God just inspires everybody to do a little bit of something. Now, when you look at 375,000, we run just under 1,000 people on a Sunday and about 750 adults. Just to put it in perspective, I'm kind of a numbers and always trying to strategy. And so put in perspective, if God spoke to people uh, here at the church, if, you, if every person, 750 adults gave $500 over and above their tithes in the next couple of months, 375,000 would come just like that. So, so really, you, you can see it happen. Sometimes everybody, God speaks to them, and everybody gets involved. Sometimes one person. I believe a lot of times it's a mixture. You know, and, and, and so this is what I would say. As, as you wrap your arms around the vision of this church, and some of you are still testing it out, we don't pass offering plates in buckets, and you're like, whoa, I, did you pass a plate? No, no. We have giving centers. We believe in tithing, but I, I just felt like, and Phyllis and I, my wonderful wife, uh, we just felt like from the very beginning, we were just going to create centers where people could go and give their tithes and, and give that way and just make it a personal expression. And so we believe in giving. And I would say, if you hadn't started giving, just say, God, is this my house? Okay, if it's my house, how do you want me to give involved? We believe in percentage giving. Start tithing. We believe the first portion belongs to God, first 10%. Then some of you have been giving. You say, well, God, okay, this is my baseline. How do you want me to get involved? And this is what I know. As your pastor, I promise you we will remain healthy financially. We're going to go at your pace, and as God speaks to you, just take a step of faith. Say, God, I'm going to obey. God, I'm going to step out, and I'm going to move forward with the vision you placed in my heart and in our church. Now, I love the fact that what we're doing in the campus right now is already changing lives. So at the campus right now, we have our Leadership Academy. <laughs> Boom! We believe this. If you're going to change the world, you've got to raise up leaders. You're not a bunch of followers, but leaders. And so we launched with the help of Pastor Jackie Grimm, who helps. Uh, uh, Grimm, right? Yeah, okay. Well, Jackie Cruz was her maiden name. I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble with Adam if I say Jackie Cruz. So Jackie Grimm, she, she is the one that, that helps us lead the Leadership Academy. Come on. That's that 40. <sighs> That's that 40 just hit me like that. Y'all saw that? Whew. It's real, people. It's real. I turned 40 last weekend. 
And so our leadership academy is amazing. We're, we're starting our second class, which is going to we'll do our interest meeting this Tuesday night. And so we're seeing leaders developed. Our goal is to have 40 leaders by this semester and 37, 40 leaders. And our youth have their youth service, once a month youth service there. Hundreds of youth coming on the campus and the property. We're doing meetings, our office. There's lots of things that are happening. But when that property put the picture back up there. When it's finished, there's so much more that we can do. Number one, we can facilitate greater students, more growth with our youth. We can facilitate nights of worship. So here's the goal. We want to eventually have a once a a, a month Wednesday night worship service where everybody can come and we do extended worship, we do extended ministry, and we really just linger in the presence of God. And so, but but we got to have a sanctuary to, to rent this place. I don't know if you know this, but to rent this property is $1,800 a Sunday. Yeah. Woo, whoa, good luck. Yeah. So, so you look at it, and, and so it's like, well, you could remodel this. You can do it as cash, and it's free. It's not free, but it's our campus. And we can have a couple of services on Wednesday nights. We can do extended worship. And then we're praying about doing a Sunday night service or a Saturday night service. And, and so ministry can just be propelled when you've got a 250-seat auditorium. And so we're excited about that and just praying. So pray with me that this year would be the year that we can get that. I, my goal is this. Just Would you stretch your faith and say, this year? Everybody say, this year? We're going to finish this property. And that's the goal, that God, we would finish it, that it would be a place where we can continue to grow. And grow is what we have done. I don't know if you know this, over the last six months, we have grown 28% as a church, almost, almost added 200 people on weekly attendance just in six months. And it's really been amazing to see what God has done with very little marketing. If you know, we don't do a whole lot of marketing. It really is word of mouth. Invite your friends, invite your family. We've done that from the beginning. And and we have seen God bring people whose lives are being radically touched by the power of God. In fact, check out John and Jessica's story of what God's doing in their life. We moved here to Houston from the East Coast, New Jersey, back in 2011 through work. Um, When we got here, we didn't know anybody, um, had no family here. We met a couple people through schools and other sport organizations with the children. We tried a couple other different churches and no place really seemed to be a fit for us. No, we kind of felt like we were forcing relationships, forcing things for our family to get involved in, forcing ourselves and and our our four kids to to go to church and kind of do that. And um, I guess we kind of got frustrated with a lot of things and we decided we're going to throw the towel in. We have, we have to walk away from this. Um, and we stepped away for almost three years. Um, and then, you know, I've always been a believer that things happen for a reason. And we, I happened to meet somebody through my work where I was introduced to Steve Kyles at one of his events. And through that, uh, connections started to begin and I was like, you know, I wanted to meet with him. And I said, John, you have to come with me. I was like, you have to come meet me. I was like, I don't know why, but there's a reason. And you need to come meet Steve with me. So we arranged to have coffee. And um, he ended up bringing someone else that he works with, Leslie, which is also a member of the church. And we just got through conversation. It all started out about work and everything. And then it turned into more of purpose and what can they do for us, which we totally weren't expecting um, at all. Right. Or... (laughs) We kind of, yeah, we we were there for a cup of coffee to talk about work. (laughs) And uh, then we got the invitation to to come to church. 
Right. So, so we attempted to come a couple times, sometimes together, sometimes not. We had the kids here with us. The first um, three or four times you were by yourself, by one or two kids at a time, because um, I was not sure of it. I wasn't sure if it's something I was ready to jump into. Right, so. just to get an idea. Um, and it, it felt like a home. It felt like this is where we're supposed to be as we're here, so. Yeah, and he's like, Jess, you need to come. So <laughs> <laughs> so a few weeks into it, we, we all came as a family and um, it, was, it was really nice for all of us to sit there together through the service with the kids um, and just watch them have a good time, watch them sing and dance during the opening thing, watch them take in the message, you know, go through the car ride home and we actually have conversation about stuff that was going on and they start questioning things. And it was probably some of the best conversation we had in a while as a family after coming to our first service at the church. So, and then since then we decided- Just yeah. start next steps. So, um, you know, pastor brings that up at, at service often. So we were waiting until the 101 came around, um, you know, and we, we jumped right into that. We're in our second week right now, um, learning a little bit more. We're excited to jump into to three and four. break three and four and find out what our purpose is, how we can fit in and, and serve the church. There's many different ways to serve, um, but I know week three really kind of dives into who you are and what you like and, and wh where you might belong. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, and I think we're still really not sure, but we know that there's a place. And I, th I think through through guidance, we'll figure out where our place is to to you know, help everybody else grow and, and us grow as a family and, and grow with the church. Isn't that awesome? Moved here to Houston from the East Coast. Man, I'll tell you, you know, John and Jessica right here, Owen and the family, man. We said, come on, give them a hand. <clears throat> but isn't that awesome? Like they're just in the journey. One invitation. Everybody say one invitation. Just an invitation. See, we do our part and then God does the rest. It's just the invite, the power of an invite. And I love their story because we're just, there's, you know, they're saying we're just trying to figure it out. And let me tell you clearly what our vision is here at the church. There's four things that we focus on. The first one is that we want you to know God. The goal is that you would come face to face with the living God and not just a head knowledge but a heart knowledge. But we don't want you just to have an encounter and know God and, and, and stop there. We want you to find freedom. That God, I would discover freedom, what it means to live fully alive as a Christian, and not just stop with knowing you, but God, I want to experience heaven on earth. How many know you can experience heaven on earth? That God wants us to have that freedom, and then ultimately they were talking about next steps and discovering your purpose, and, and we believe that God has a purpose for every person, that he wants you to experience it, and then ultimately to make a difference with your life. That's the vision of the church, that every person would experience those things for their life, four promises that God gives to each and every one of us, and why don't you check out Chris and Yolanda's story as they've discovered their purpose. We started, or I should say Yolanda started, doing some research. My wife loves her research. So she started doing some research and looking around and trying to just find a church that aligned with our values and what we believe in and um, how we were trying to raise our kids. And um, I told her as I was kind of going around, like, hey, there's a church right around the corner. Um, it's called The Church. Uh, let's, let's check it out. And she said, you know what? I did some looking at that. I think that's a... I think that's really going to be a good place. Let's go see. So um, we we go to service. And our very first uh, service, uh, we actually run into uh, Pastor Jackie and Pastor Adam and like big smiles and, hey, hello, how's it going? And um, 
they walked us all the way to the kids check-in and um, helped us check the kids in and we went to service and after we went to service and we came out uh, there they go again. Yeah, asking us, you know, ask us how, you know, how, how was, was it? How, you know, did you enjoy yourself? So glad to see you. Hope to see you again. And, you know, when we left, we were like, okay, they were very nice. Right. <laughs> and, yep. you know, so it was like, okay. And we went back the next Sunday and it was just, it was like going for the first time all over again. And that's how I was just like, Chris, this, this is truly genuine. This wasn't, you know, oh, they're new. Let's, you know kind of, you know, baby him and, you know, be friendly to him. This was genuine. And at that point, I knew that I wanted to be a part of, I wanted to be a part of that. So, so we, we, we did like most normal people. Like we, we went to church and we saw it and then, um, we basically said, okay, let's give it another shot. And then we kept hearing uh, another chance. And then uh, we kept hearing about next steps, next steps. So I was like, well, let's see what this is about. We had never heard of next steps. So that was very new for us. Um, we jumped into next steps. And uh, from the very first session of next steps, like you just, you really, really feel the impact. So you knew like, wow, this is really cool. And the encouragement to, hey, be here next week to do 201 yeah. and then be here next week to do 301. So, um, we wanted to really make sure like we went through and, and finished it. And once we went to uh, all of the sessions, um, like we were, I mean, we were basically like, this is the place where we need to be. Um, I, I always tell Yolanda specifically, like when we we're in 301, it was like, wow, like I get to discover my purpose. Like I need to find out what I was. So um, I know we talked about this before. I had taken personality tests uh, with my job before, um, but I know uh, Yolanda had. So it like was that. really neat to see. Yeah, and it was just like so amazing, just like all the light bulbs that go off when you take that test, and it's like, oh my gosh, I okay, yeah, I, I thought I might be good at that, but I guess you know, according to my personality, I. I may be okay at this, and and so it was it was really good um, to do that and to see exactly yep. you know like where I could you know get plugged in. Yep. And once we got plugged in, like it was, it's just been a very you know authentic experience. Mm-hmm. I know that we uh, we got plugged in and immediately started to serve and mm-hmm. and be a part of like just building those relationships, and um, it's just been amazing. I mean, it's really been amazing. I know that. Um, we don't we don't like to miss church and it's so much fun and the kids really enjoy it and you know uh for me the biggest takeaway was like i I really felt like i was finding my purpose you know and and that's what's really been incredible about coming to the churches like i know what my purpose is i know what i'm supposed to be doing and and that's that's life-changing so you know it's it's really been a great experience and um you know we we love it we love it come on So for Chris and Yolanda and John and Jessica, you know, there are hundreds of stories just like that. People that are engaging, that are discovering their purpose, they're knowing God, they're making a difference. And so I'm excited. I have such expectation for 2017. How many expecting God to do some big things? Like big things. And I, I just, part of that is just the lives being touched and changed. And this morning, what I wanted to do is just spend a couple of minutes and I want to help you see how we got the vision here for the church. If you think about it, We've got hundreds of people that haven't been here for longer than six months. They've never even heard the vision. 
And uh, they, they, they say, okay, the no God, fine for everybody, but how did you get it? And I want to spend a few minutes, pull out your Bibles this morning, Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. And I, uh, I'm cognizant of the time, but I want to take just a moment, and I really want to help share with you how we have come up with the focus and the vision here at the church. Now, Exodus is a point in time where God's people, the Israelites, have been in bondage. They're in Egyptian slavery. And so God has his people, and he begins to hear the cries of his people, and he's going to deliver them out of Egypt. And we know the story he does. He uses Moses, who rises up against Pharaoh and delivers God's people. But in this passage, I want to share with you where God's four core promises come from. Now, we see them throughout the entire Bible. Uh, These core promises, they're all interweaved throughout Scripture, and it's not just for the Israelites and back in this time, but I'm going to show you a couple of places where this is for us today and see, okay, what are God's core promises? Now, he has thousands of promises for us, but they really funnel down into these four. So I want to dive in. Verse 6, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. So God's speaking to Moses to tell his people. I am the Lord, and here's his first promise, I will bring you out. From under the yoke of the Egyptians, I will free you, that's his second promise, from being slaves to them, I will redeem you with outstretched arms, with mighty acts of judgment, I will take you as my own people, I will be your God, and then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Now the Jewish people understand this as the four I wills, and they're still part of the Passover celebration that they recognize and celebrate today. And so these promises are still very much alive, and they are to be transferred to us as believers of God as well. And so I just want to take a moment and share and highlight the first promise says, I will bring you out. So I'll bring you out. So the biblical term for this is salvation. Everybody say salvation. So now we understand salvation, and for us to make it even simpler in today's language, the unbeliever or those that are skeptics or maybe you're just coming to church, salvation doesn't mean a lot to you. In fact, statistics show that by the end of this generation, there'll be less than 4% Bible-believing, Bible-based Christians. That's what's rising up in the millennials. So biblical terms are not necessarily things they would understand. And so for us, we say, no God. Everybody say, no God. So the key is that I would have a relationship with God, not just head knowledge, not just religion and good acts, but God, that I would have an authentic relationship, that I would know you and really experience the joy of salvation. That is God's promise for each and every one of us. The second promise is this. He says, I'll free you. Now, this is deliverance. So we would look at that, and for many people, you say, well, I thought he kind of said that when he said, I'll bring you out. Why is he saying, I will free you? And the reason is this. He brought them out of Egypt. He brought them out of slavery. But how many know now he's got to get slavery out of them? So you can take somebody out of their environment, but now you've got to get that environment out of them. And so in this, that's what he's saying, deliverance. Now, I don't know about you. How many have seen some scary movies and deliverance and all the the crazy movies? So it has a negative connotation. So we don't really say deliverance, do-do-do-do, head spinning around. you got to all be delivered. No, we say it like this. Hey, you just got to find freedom. 
You just got to find freedom because that's really what deliverance is. Deliverance is where we close the past. We get rid of the things that have kept us back. It's, it's really where the, see, see, salvation is when you are made perfect in a moment. My spirit man comes alive and I'm made perfect. But how many know you got a flesh? And that flesh has got a lot of junk. You ever met a saved person that was just angry or frustrated? You're like, are you sure you're saved? Like, for real? Like, for real, for real? And, and so are they, I'm not going to question salvation, I can't tell you. But, but what I do know is that tells me they've got to find deliverance. They've got to find freedom. Why? Because that is a process. That takes time. And in fact, that takes a lifetime. It, it's like a baby. When a baby is born, how many know they're fully alive? But how many also know you got to raise them up? you got to train them up, and, that, and that's what Christians are. There are so many baby Christians that sit in church, and they live their whole life never experiencing freedom, just sitting in church as baby Christians. doesn't negate their salvation. It's just talking about them finding deliverance or freedom in their life. The, th- the third promise is this. I will redeem you. Well, what is that? That's restoration. That's the biblical term. I'm going I'm to restore what the devil tried to steal, what he tried to kill, the dreams, the visions, the gifts, the talents. God says, I'll make you better than you ever were in the past. I'm going to restore you back. That's restoration, and that's a promise for God. Your past is not too dark for God. That God can rework the, the future, and it'll be better than the past ever was. And that's why it's a core promise for us. And, and the way we say it, right, in just common language is, you got to discover your purpose. Like, how can you become who God wants you to be if you don't even know who you are? So discovering your purpose to God. See, there's two great days in your life. Number one, the day you were born. And I would say number two, the day you found out why God birthed you. Why you were born, why? That are, those are the great days in your life. It's the third promise, discovering your purpose. Fourth one is this, I'm gonna take you as my own people. So that fourth promise is fulfillment, fulfillment. Isn't it interesting? It's I, 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 it's all individual, but now he takes you from an individual and he makes you a people. It goes from me to we. Now, God, you've been working on the inside, but now I'm going to be a part of a team. And ultimately, we say make a difference. I'm going to be a part of a team that is making a difference in this world. And that's part of God's promise for you, that you would be a part of something greater than yourself. See, sometimes we think about, well, I'll get involved in the church when my life is perfect, when my marriage is perfect, when my family is perfect, when my kids, there's, no, there's never a perfect situation or scenario. So what we say is, listen, God, give me something greater than my problems. Give me something that'll pull me through the valley of the shadow of death because every person will go through a valley in their life. The question is, do you have someone helping you through? And there's two things that everybody needs. You need to be known and you need to be needed. God designed us like that, and and so we have community in the church, but that community, as we go out and make a difference, you are needed to change the lives of people. Can I tell you, the church is doing great without you if you're not involved, but we would do a whole lot better if you would plug in, that you would get involved, that you would be a part, that you would say, God, I'm going to do whatever it is you want me to do. And I get it, there's these moments where it's like I'm test driving the church, but listen, if this is your church, get involved. Why? Because that's God's promise that together we would make a difference with our life. Now, let me show you where this is found in the New Testament. I know some of you say, well, that's the Old Testament. Let me show you just one of many places. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. 
This is Paul, and he is writing to the church of Ephesus, and this is actually a transcript of his prayer, and rarely do we get to see inside the purview of a prayer, but this is one that we actually have marked and recorded, and it's a rare time that we get a glimpse into Paul's prayer for us as the church. Look at what he says. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Everybody say, know God. So he's saying, listen, I want you to know God. He says, then I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. What does that mean? He's saying, I I want these darkened hearts to become bright and full of life. In other words, he's saying, you got to find freedom, and we find freedom in our hearts, not our head. So he's saying, listen, you got to find freedom. That's my prayer in order that. Now, these two go before this next one, and he says, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You have a calling. There is a purpose on the inside of you, and it doesn't do any good if you don't know the hope to which he has called you, the purpose he has placed on the inside of you. So you got to discover your purpose. And then it says, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. He takes individuals into a group of people that are making a difference, that we experience what it means to be the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? And I want you to discover that. That's what we built this whole church on. We have been clear from day one. It was interesting. I had someone leave a couple of years ago. Him and his family left the church. And, you know, normally you have about 5% attrition from healthy churches. So there's natural ebbs and flows, seasons in life, different things happen. And one of the greatest compliments about six, seven months ago, that family came back. And do you know what they told me? They said, Pastor, y'all haven't changed a bit. And the thing that I took from that was our singular focus on these four things. God, we believe with all of our heart these are your promises. God, we believe with all of our heart if these are your promises, you equip us to help people experience your promise. We want people to know you, God. We want people to find freedom. We want people to discover their purpose and then ultimately make a difference in their life. That's the four promises of God. That's, that's the vision of this church. That's what we focus on here. Now, I like illustrations, so I wanted to illustrate this uh, this morning, and so kind of, it's going to get bright. Everybody dim your eyes just a little. It's going to get a little bright. Everybody with me? So I thought in illustrating this, come grab this and all my, let's, let's get in. We're, we're going to do an analogy of baseball. Anybody like baseball? You're like, yeah, I like baseball, but football's this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that, but, but, but I've been praying about this, man. I have been praying about this. Well, you can tell I'm fired up. You're like, man, what pass the drink? I'm fired up because I believe this. Listen, I didn't come here to impress you. If you're here visiting, I hope that you come back. I want to be your pastor. I believe you found your place. We want to say welcome home. Yeah, welcome home. Welcome home. Hope this is your place. But what I realized is this, with the rapid growth that we experience We've got to engage the body of Christ. I, I, my desire, and, and Pastor Phyllis and our pastoral team, is we want a healthy church. And a healthy church is not just people that got head knowledge, but they got heart knowledge, and that knowledge moves them to action. And so here's the illustration, baseball. So, so we have a, a baseball diamond set up. we got a home plate right here. we got first base and second base and third base. And, and, and how many are familiar with baseball? Does, do most people know? I'm not going to take for granted everybody knows, so let me just tell you the gist real quick what happens in baseball. In baseball, you got two teams. One is batting and one is fielding. 
uh, the ball. And so the batters try to hit the ball and get on base without being tagged out. And the goal is not just to get on base at first, but to go to second, to go to third, and then to go home. Because if I can get this home plate, how many know I get to score? And that's the goal, right? It's, it's like the, the goal is I got to come up, I got to show up, but then I got to actually get on base and come home and score. So I, I thought about this. This is a great illustration of God's four promises of our life. That, that on first base, we got no God. So, so you look over there. So, so we want to know God. That's the first base. That's, that's just the beginning of the journey. You hear me say all the time that I am like a tour guide. I'm just here to help you journey through life. I mean, I'm like, hey, this is the journey. But I can't make you take the bases. I can't make you engage in your life. I'm just trying to get you to know God. That's why every service we do a salvation moment. I know a lot of you guys are born again, but there are five or six or ten people every week that give their life to Jesus Christ. In fact, we've had 1,120 people as of last weekend give their life to Jesus Christ in four years. So we want to know God. That's awesome. And then back in the back, we right here, if you look right here, it's find freedom. That's, that's part of God's promise is find freedom. God, I want to find freedom. Carissa, wave at me. Yeah, hold it there. Yeah. Everybody say hi, Carissa. And then over here, we've got, we want you to discover your purpose. Just say, hey, Leilani. And then JB back here, this is the ultimate goal is that you make a difference, right? Say, so what up, JB? So, so the ultimate goal is this. Like God said to go out, the Bible says to go out and make disciples, right? So this is just first base, knowing God. We, but, but sometimes I think we end at salvation, not realizing the goal is we got to make disciples. What do disciples do? They change the world. You can't change the world by yourself. And so, so, so here's how we figured it out. So Pastor Chris Hodges is a dear friend of mine, read the four cups and, and, and just changed my life. And so we built systems that would help us get to the promise. Doesn't do you any good to have a promise if you can't get to the promise. That's frustrating. God, how do I get to the promise? If, if the first thing you want me to do is come over here, God, you want me to know you. God, I, I gotta know you. So, so we built a system of helping people know God. And what is it, Kevin? It's we have Sunday services. Everybody say Sunday services. You're like, so this, absolutely. Did you know this? 82% of the people that come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ do so in a Sunday service. Now, here's the amazing thing. It doesn't matter how you get here. The point is you get here with baseball. So many people think the goal is actually to get a hit. And though that is the main goal, really the main goal to baseball is just get on base. Because if I'm on base, I can actually have an opportunity to score. And so I know this, playing baseball, you can actually get a hit. You can be hit by the pitcher. Anybody ever been hit by the pitcher? That ain't no fun. Don't matter though, why? Because I'm getting on base. You can be walked. That's all right. Hey, why? Because my goal is getting on base. Listen, no matter what you go through in life, maybe you never grew up in life. Maybe you've been beat up by the world. Maybe you don't believe in God. It don't matter. My goal is this. I got to get you to Sunday. Why? Because this is the best place that people come to know God. Think about it. I can be anonymous. I can ask questions. I can be a skeptic. I don't have somebody looking around. We're big enough now. You can come in and out. Nobody ever see you. But, but we have a safe place. And this is why we create our worship experience in such a way that believers and non-believers will enjoy it. God, okay. Maybe there is a God. How many have had friends and family come knowing God, knowing God? Here's the challenge and the tragedy. Most people who go to church stay on first base. 
And we think that this is what Christianity is all about. I just got to get on base. No, listen, you're in the game of life, so that's awesome. You're going to heaven, that's awesome. But listen, is there more? That's what I'm always asking is, God, I want more of you. God, I don't want to be stuck. I want to keep moving. God, is there more of you? I don't want to just stay on first base, but God, I got to go. And so here's the question. If if I'm out there and I'm you and I'm sitting here on Sunday morning, I'm like, Pastor, is there more? There is more. Carissa, show us this. So we're going to find freedom. And then the way we find freedom is small groups. Everybody say small groups. Small groups. So here's God's promise. How do I obtain freedom in my life? It's through small groups. Look at what the Bible says in James. James chapter 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be, everybody say, healed. Say it again. So that you might be healed. He didn't say forgiven. He said healed. Isn't that interesting? Forgiveness comes from God. Healing comes in relationship. And so you say, okay, well, I come to church. Yeah, you come into church all day, every day for the rest of your life, 52 weeks, is not going to have you experience healing because healing comes in the context of personal relationship with people. Isn't that interesting? Wouldn't that be why the devil would have people so hurt and offended and frustrated in relationships? Because if I can keep you isolated, I can keep you defeated. And so at the church, we say, listen, there ain't no perfect people. we got 61 small groups launching today. 61. You say, I've been on first base. I'm trying to get you to second base. There's no other way outside of God's system. He set the system up that we need relationships and people. And and so you say, okay, pastor, I'm, I'm joining a small group today. Great. Is there more? I'm glad you asked. Yes, there is more. God wants us to discover your purpose. So I'm getting healed. I'm taking off the mask. I'm living life with people that that, that live life with me. And so now I say, okay, that's great. I found freedom or I'm finding freedom. I don't think you ever stop. I am constantly experiencing God's freedom. But then I say, okay, God, I want to discover my purpose. Well, the way we have set up the process, the vehicle that gets us to the vision is next steps. That God, I'm going to be a part of this right here, discovering my purpose. Look at what the psalmist said. David talks and he says, so, so I would say some of you say, yeah, but you don't know me. Yeah, you don't, you don't know me. See, I'm an accident. No, that's maybe your parents' story, but that's not God's story. God's story is greater than your parents' story, than anybody else's story. Look at what David said. He says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I, David, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I tell you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God fashioned you, informed you. And so now the key is I've got to discover how God created you. People define you by how they meet you. God defines you by how he made you. And so it's next steps. It's like, man, okay, that's the vehicle. So, so then the question, okay, is, is there more? I'm, I'm engaged. I'm going around the base. Why? Because I'm moving forward in my spiritual journey. And so then we come out here. We discover our purpose. But what a tragedy if we just discovered our purpose, but we didn't engage our purpose. 
And that's the beauty of this dream team. The people that come together and say, we're going to do life together. We've discovered how we fit into the body. We are a body. That means there's no isolated parts, but that means together. I need you. You need me. We're working together. We're going to reach this city. I believe that there is a church in this city of 10,000 people just in Rosenberg. People's lives touched. People changed by the power of God. Look at John chapter 15. It says, to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. That you bear fruit. That showing yourself as a disciple, not just a church attendee, not just someone experiencing freedom, but i got to be a disciple. I'm going into the world so that I can give people hope that I have experienced. Then look at 1 Peter 4.10. It says, each of you should, re- should use whatever gift you have received. He didn't say some of you, every one of you. You have received a gift. And look at what it says. It says to serve others. Serve others. Serve others as faithful stewards of God's promise and his grace, all in various forms, serving others. So check it out. You say, well, pastor, is that it? Like, I'm on the dream team. That's it, man. Are, are we good? So, so this is what I got. I'm good. It's No, no, no. Here's the beauty of it. You have experienced it. Now the goal is this. I got to take people with me on this journey. So now... Come on, I've experienced it. Paul, Bertha, come walk with me. Jay, walk with me. Look, so I'm saying, hey, come on. We got to get you in here. Come on, stand up, Tony. Nathan, stand up. Come on. So here's the goal. Now listen, I've experienced it. So, so this is why we have invite cards and we have Facebook and social media. It's like, hey, man, you guys got to come to church. Why? Because it's cool. Well, maybe but, but, but the reality is more than being cool, more than lights, more than sounds. We're not competing with churches. We're competing with the Apple store. You're not competing with other people that are believers. We're competing against movies and, and television and events that the world puts on at the Smart Center. They're choosing that over the church. And we got to create an environment where Jonathan says, man, you got to come to my church. It ain't like all the other churches. Why? Because I got to get them on this journey. I got to get them in this game. I need them to know God. So you facilitate that. Come on, Paul and Bertha. Come on. But it doesn't stop there. Come on. Come on. Nathan, come on. But it doesn't stop there. Hey, man, it's awesome. You can spectate for a little while, but listen, hey. So you say, hey, Nathan, look, bro, I got a great small group. Man, I want you to come and be a part of it. And Nathan says? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the whole time they're like, were well, you just trying to busy my schedule? No, baby. Secretly, I'm trying to help you find freedom. Whether they know it or not, if I can get them in the process, they're going to find it. But then, come on, we don't stop there. It's like, hey, what's this next steps? Come on. Well, hey, you want to know about next steps? Brother, I will take you to next steps. Come on. Yeah, look. Hey, Pastor Adam, Chris, man, they do a great job. Robert, they do a great job. So listen, hey, you want to know about next steps? Bro, you got to go to next steps. I'm winded. (laughs) I said 40. Yeah, you all just like me. (laughs) Where's all the spring chickens? So, so, and and (laughs) then... So here it is. It's like they may not know what you're doing, but you understand my goal is to get you to discover your purpose. But then ultimately, come on. So here's the ultimate goal. We're not going to go up on stage. I don't want to buy a trip. It's too <laughs> so here's the ultimate goal. Man, once you get them there, it's like, hey, man, we're a family. We're going to do life together. 
man, I need you just like you need me. We're going to do this thing together. We're going to reach the world. And now what happens is Paul and Bertha take their crew of people over there, and Jonathan take people, and then we've got Tony, and we've got Nathan, and everybody's got groups of people, and we're walking them through this thing of life. I love you guys. <laughs> Doesn't that change the game? So when you think about that, that that's the, the vision and the power of what we're doing here at the church. I have people tell me all the time, we've got church planters here this morning, and we love church planters. Come on, give it up. Dave and Tara, they're launching in North Houston and their team. And they say, what's the secret sauce? There's no secret sauce. It's hard work and it's vision and it's clarity and it's mobilizing your people. There's no secret other than hard work, vision, clarity, and mobilizing people. And man, I just, and, and in all that, just like the 21 days of prayer, that, so why would you focus on God? Because all that needs to be undergirded by prayer, fasting, you, your presence. It's amazing to see what God is doing. So, so here's my thing. Don't just know the vision, live the vision. Don't just be on first base and stuck there. And See, there are always going to be things that will try to get you off course. Why? Because the devil, if he can't steal your salvation, he's going to try to make you live defeated. Never experiencing the promises that God has for your life. So this morning, that's my challenge. Inspire this church. Inspire each and every one of you. People that God has brought here to engage. God, I'm going to engage in the vision. I'm going to engage in the vision. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what you called me to do.